Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, I'm joined by Brad Tomchek, Assistant Vice President of Product Management at Enterprise Holdings, and Jeff Lash, Vice President and Senior Research Director here at Forrester to discuss the work Enterprise has done to stand up a product development group internally. Welcome both. Thank you, Jen. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. All right. So let's talk about Enterprise Holdings transformation and to becoming a a digital company. Brad, maybe you could just share a little bit about what's driving the transformation for the organization. Yeah, Enterprise, we want to continue to be the, the best mobility company in the world. To do that, we are bridging what's known as our extremely successful customer service model with digital expertise. Uh, We are reimagining how we help our customers move and travel. As we've sort of undertaken this journey towards a digital transformation, we've validated that our customers expect the same experience when interacting with enterprise they get with other service providers they use, whether it's a financial services company, whether it's healthcare, shopping, et cetera. Our, our customers expect it will be easy to do business with us. Um, this is especially true in a, a post-COVID world as companies have accelerated their digital ex- experiences into enable things like curbside contactless transactions. So our, our customers, our consumers, and they expect to have the same type of experience regardless of where they are. Um, if you look at our, our direct competitors and competitors and adjacent businesses, um, they've started to ratchet up their capabilities and an attempt to differentiate themselves in the market. So we, we know that we've had to um, change our focus and, and be much more uh, directive in this, in this area. Um, additionally, the technology in our industry uh, continues to rapidly advance when you think about the intelligence that automobile manufacturers are building into their vehicles uh, or the migration to electric vehicles. Um, this evolution has driven uh, our ability to, to change the way we, we operate on a day-to-day basis. And were there any sort of internal factors that are driving this transformation? Yeah, as as I've begun to be more integrated in the organization. I actually asked that exact question over the past couple of years um, to a number of the senior leaders, what, what's driven us to go down this path? And as you'd expect, everybody's got a different position and opinion and a different answer, but what we've, if you peel back the layers of the onion, what you kind of hear is they all align to some of our key goals, which is to be the, the best mobility provider in the world and to execute and extend and exceed the, um, our customers' expectations for service quality and value. So if, if we don't evolve how we operate and how we interact with our customers, uh, we can't achieve those mission. Um, and, and some of our, our new, some new market entrant will look to evolve the industry around us. Uh, as a leader, once told in a different industry that um, companies like enterprise who lead an industry um, the the biggest reason for their failure is their success they become complacent they begin, become unwilling to to change and I can um, emphatically state that our leaders are not 
going to be unwilling to change, and they ask us on a daily basis, how are we going to evolve the way we operate, the way we interact with customers to, to meet or exceed their expectations? So I've been working with Enterprise for a few years now, and when we first started conversations about this a couple of years ago, uh, well, I was hearing from the executives at Enterprise, it was actually similar to what we were hearing from a lot of organizations in that technology is not just for running the business internally, but more and more of that technology was being exposed to customers. And as Brad talked about that transformation, that customer experience, uh, those technology systems were becoming more and more important. And Enterprise has a long history of developing a lot of innovative technology internally. Um, and they also have done a lot of acquisitions over the years. So what they had was a large portfolio of technology platforms and systems that uh, were being leveraged on a regular basis to run the business. And more and more of those were being exposed to uh, customers and end users directly, as well as more of them were being used by employees who were then powering the employee experience. And so we know through our research that you know employee productivity is a key uh, and the employee experience is, is a kind of key driver of the customer experience. And so I think Enterprise was looking at this in terms of in order to deliver on that vision that Brad was describing, really the technology and the products really need to be managed like products, not like IT projects that get built and and launched and, you know, um, sit there on the shelf. So was that sort of the tipping point, like kind of this taking a step back, looking at all of the things that were going on, acquisitions, technologies, hey, we actually need a a team, a group to proactively manage this and also not just like the one and done project stuff as you refer to it, but the evolution, because this is the future of how we're going to be delivering value to our customers. I think that was a big driver of, I obviously wasn't involved in all the conversations that were going on with an enterprise, but there definitely seemed to be a catalyst of, you know, this, these products existed, these technology platforms existed, they were being managed in different parts of the organization, um, sometimes really well, sometimes they weren't staffed enough. And I think there was a recognition by a couple of key executives that, you know, in order for us to deliver on this customer experience vision and this omni-channel experience and uh, because of the, the need to power better digital experiences for their customers and their associates, that there really needed to be a new approach to managing this technology and, and really approaching these as as products. And that's again, this, this idea of moving from project focus to product focus is something we hear on a pretty much daily basis with a large a lot of large organizations we're working with. Makes sense. So Brad, I mean, let's talk about the goals of the organization and the structure of the organization now that it's been established. Yeah, so now that we're moved on to our, our digital journey, uh, the organization came to realize that products are a key component of the digital experience and how they interact with our employees and with our customers must be cared for and enhanced over time as customer expectations change. And this is where the the product development organization came into being at at EHI. Um, The vision of our organization really is to, to bring discipline and clarity to the process of developing and delivering products into our organization. Um, We're focused on ensuring the products we manage support the enterprise strategy and achieve the desired objectives that were laid out in the business case that was developed to to, um, get approval for the funding for that work. 
the the team that I, I lead, they we bring discipline and a focus to ensure that the products that we build evolve over time and continue to provide value to, to our organization. And if, you, if you look at other organizations like Enterprise that, that really aren't product-led, you'll find that they have a lot of the similar struggles that we do with lifecycle management. Um, the, the model that I've seen over and over again kind of looks like, a, a strategic initiative gets spun up for some business need. Then a team is formed. They go create a new solution to solve this problem. Then the, the solution is rolled out and the team disperses. And that solution sits out there and it's not cared for um, going forward. So it's, our objectives are to, to continue to take those those products and, and care for them, ensure that they have a, a useful life and continue to meet the, the, the value um, that we expect and that our customers expect from us. And this means we, we don't just launch products. Um, we, we launch, we love, we care, we manage, and eventually we, we retire and replace with something new or better. And, and that gives our organization the, the comfort and the knowledge that knows that a, a group of folks who are dedicated to maintaining and ensuring those things, things meet the needs of the business. And another key reason why our organization was formed was prior to the product management coming team coming in into, form, into the organization, we had a number of people that sat in our various lines of business who were trying to do two jobs. They were trying to manage the business, the day-to-day -day job, and their night job was trying to be product managers. And that inevitably does not work. You, in an agile environment where you're trying to be able to deliver and create and roll things out and meet the needs of our employees and customers, you can't have someone who's split between two roles. Our goal is take that work off the plate of the, the business individuals and let them get back to running the business. And we work with them hand in hand to ensure that the products that we develop and, and maintain and manage through the life cycle meet the needs of the business. One other element that struck me as we started to work with enterprise was uh, just to tag on to what Brad was saying. I think business folks within the lines of business were very well intentioned and they thought they knew what they wanted. And so they would go, you know, to the IT organization and say, Hey, build me X, Y, and Z. And IT would say, sure, we'll build you X, Y, and Z. And they'd give it to them and then they'd walk away as Brad mentioned. And I don't think that people were intentionally building wrong things, but sometimes they didn't know exactly what they wanted or they weren't aware that what they were asking for had already been built in the other part of some other part of the organization. So what we saw was when we started working with enterprise, there was a lot of redundancy and duplication. It was you know a lot of work even just to get a list of what are all the products that exist within the organization. And so I think another part of, of this new organization that was set up was really to help make sure that before things got to the point where we were building them or well well for the point before they got to the point that brad and team were building them that that business case had really been evaluated so you know a, a business leader comes and says i need x and the first question is well why do you need x not that we don't want to build it for you but what's the problem you're trying to solve what's the need you're trying to address and how will this impact the business and so that was a, the product discovery part of the organization was an important a key key element of that, making sure that um, moving moving the development and IT folks away from just being order takers to really being partners and making sure that by understanding the needs of the end customers and understanding the needs of the business, they were putting resources towards the things that were going to be most impactful and making sure that 
when all is said and done, when this product is launched and, and being used, that's actually delivering the outcomes that the line of business expects to receive from it. You talked about this, Jeff, in terms of now there's a product discovery team and they're sort of asking the why and the business need and what have you. I mean, the and obviously the product management component is net new. But can you maybe talk a little bit about like, okay, how are you organized? Which teams are are responsible for what? And then what is that specific process that the teams are, are taking to kind of go from idea to bringing something to market? Yeah, I think the, the secret sauce to to our success is really how we're structured. Um, Jeff kind of alluded to this. We, we have two distinct but closely linked teams in our product development organization. Our product discovery team is, is focused in a few key areas. Um, first and foremost, it's taking the, the idea, ideation process and getting us to a point where there's hypothesis in place on how to attack an idea, how to address an issue, how to pursue a new market opportunity. Um, they're working through business model development, working with our business partners cross-functionally to figure out what's that model look like? What's that opportunity look like? How are we gonna move forward with that? And then really gets into the the, the process of defining the business case around that opportunity. So so then, then you move into this um, phase of strategic validation uh, and positioning where, and a company like Enterprise, as big as we are, we, we have multiple lines of business. And you'll find walking through the halls that, hey, I have this great idea, but we had the same conversation with a different line of business two days ago in a different hall. And the discovery team, one of their key roles is bringing all of our various lines of business together to figure out where are there opportunities for us to consolidate, collaborate, and deliver solutions that meet the value of our various lines of business customers. Uh, and then really it gets into once you kind of define hypothesis and, a pro- hypothesis and an approach and what's the, the positioning, then what's the strategy? How are we going to pursue that? How are we going to execute on that? So they, they're taking the, the outcomes of those various inputs and, and building out what, what we kind of determine as the want. What's what's the want that, that we can, can go address and build a solution to, to solve for? Uh, my joke to the to the team is is the product discovery team does all the dirty work to prevent the product management team from having to work on bad ideas that they've 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 filtered it out and the product management team can go build stuff that people are going to use and be be successful using um, and without the product discovery team you'll you'll find that organizations will 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 sort of have the the model where they're launching products and then aren't successful you, know, you, you can go. Google this today, like what's the average success rate of new product launches? And it's not that great. And that's a lot of that I tell people is because they haven't done the due diligence upfront to validate that there really is a need or there is a solution or the solution that's being built actually meets that need. Um, the product management team, we, we collaborate closely with the discovery team to define, once we have that strategy, to, to define what that looks like, how do we execute that strategy? Um, the, the product managers are focused on design. So taking an idea that's formulated and, and building out a set of known requirements. How do, we, how do we take that idea and actually visualize it? How do we put it in, into the market that makes sense? So things like prototypes, proof of concepts, concept testing, where we're actually putting something in front of someone and getting validation that, that actually works. And then we start to think about, well, we have 
thousands of employees out in the field providing great customer service every day. How are we going to teach every one of those employees how to use this new product? So what's that model for user enablement that we that we want to roll out to the to our field and to our employees? And then we, we move into a model where we're, we're in development phase, working with our partners in technology to design the details. The, the, the green button goes to the top left is the running joke, but really what does that, what does that solution look like? What does it do? How does it operate? How does it successfully complete the business need or the workflow that, that we want to ha- have achieved? And then once we've got that thing built and we've tested it and taken it through the ringers, what's, what's the launch plan look like? Where do we launch? When do we launch? How do we launch? Do we go to a pilot? Do we go out full full scale day one? How do we want to think about that process to be um, fast but risk aware uh, it, to make sure we're not putting things in the market that may not actually help our operations? So, so supporting all this work um, beyond what the product discovery and product management team does is we have a, a set of, of folks who sit in our product, um, our, uh, our PMO office, and, and I tell them that they keep us sane on a day-to-day basis. They they are the the coordination point for success. They they provide structure for programs. They provide the, the meeting cadence to, to keep us all aligned. Uh, their facilitation skills um, drive success. And frankly, they're making sure people are doing what they say they're going to do. We think about the the development process in sort of three areas. So it's plan it, build it, and launch it and then own it and and what we want to make sure is that everything we do and all the products that we bring forward runs through that process of is it a good idea so think about planet is it a good idea is it um does, it, does the design meet our vision the does what we're trying to accomplish comply with legal regulatory privacy con- constraints we have do we buy build partner and then do we prototype test or do we go right right to the full scale and then how do we ensure that we have a roadmap in place that drives the product not only day one but through the end of its life cycle um in the build it phase build it really is making sure that we build it with the right technology the right level of features functionality but don't overbuild something when you don't need to make it fit for purpose, but also give it an ability to mature over time. And then where where enterprise has fallen down in the past, and we talked a little, little bit about this earlier, is this area called own it or lifecycle management. Typically, companies like ours end up with a portfolio of hundreds of technology solutions that aren't maintained and managed, and you really don't necessarily know how good they're performing. So in our own phase, and I spent a lot of time with my team focused on, is the product doing what it was supposed to do? Is it delivering value? How's it performing? Show me the, the performance metrics to make sure that it's actually achieving the objective. And then what's your plan? What's your strategy? What's your roadmap to, to move from where we are today to where we want to go in the future? How are you going to evolve that product? One of the things that struck me as we started working with the enterprise team, we worked a lot with the, both the product discovery team and the product management team, was that there was a lot of good work happening. I think there were a lot of people that were very energized, very customer-focused, very knowledgeable about the business, 
what was missing, though, was a lot of these things were happening in pockets. So you might have one team that was doing a really good job of doing customer journey mapping, but that wasn't replicated somewhere else. Or another team that was re doing really good launch planning, but that was not done consistently across. And so one of the things that was, I think, part of getting everyone aligned in this organization and getting that product process in place was making sure that there was a consistent approach and that the best practices that already existed within the organization were shared and then where there might have been gaps or holes or needs to improve that's where we were able to come in so we based a lot of the work we did on our product marketing and management model and the interesting thing about that is that that model is really designed and primarily used for external facing revenue generating products where people are creating new products or enhancing offerings and marketing and selling them and, and uh, being you know, the products that generate growth for the company directly. And we were able to take that and apply it because a lot of the same principles applied. You know, Brad mentioned things like, how are we going to get users trained and engaged? And how are we going to you know, launch? We did work with Brad's team on metrics. How do we measure success of products post-launch? And these are the same sort of questions that what I call customer-facing, uh, you know, revenue-generating product managers question as well. So it's just a matter of modifying some of those practices and approaches for the nature of the products. But I think it really emphasizes something that we're seeing with a lot of organizations where they're taking a, a product management approach to their technology, to their value-added products or to their internal-facing products. And we started this work with Enterprise a number of years ago. In the, t in the years since, we've, I think, been working with many, many other organizations who are not nearly as far along in their thinking. Um, and it's been really interesting just to be able to see, you know, working with a, a new client in healthcare over the past year, and they are probably where Enterprise was two years ago. And it's nice to be able to guide them and say, you know, yeah, you've got a little bit of a road ahead, but, you know, here's another organization we worked with and some of what, what they've gone through. And some being able to take that same approach of applying some external practices and principles, but also looking at what's good that's happening within the organization in pockets and how do you instill that and make it part of a more consistent approach across the organization going forward? Yeah, let's explore that a little bit more. Brad, I mean, where does this work stand today? You know, where do you feel like you're at in, in the journey? Yeah, we're about two years into the, the maturation of our organization. Um, but I do kind of consider 2020 as a, as a lost year. Uh, as you think about what's happened through the pandemic, um, an organizational upheaval, our focus on responding to the to COVID and making sure our customers um, feel comfortable doing business with us, that sort of made our pivot. But so I can say we're two years in, but really about a year into to the the maturation. Um, we've we've built an organizational structure around this function. Um, went out and hired folks from our field operations with expertise in how we do business, went out to the market and found folks who brought forward a set of previous experiences, product management. Um, we've exercised and matured our product management process, which we um, took from the, the model that Jeff was talking about and sort of um, made it fit to our operations and, and our, our working model. Um, we've employed product management functions in many areas. Um, and we also went out and added some some software around road mapping and, and planning to, to help my team keep things organized and straight. Um, we've 
done work to create and establish an employee community to help us validate the products that we're building, designing, and getting ready to launch will actually meet and work in, in their operations. As, as an international company, we've got folks who are around the world and we're in the ivory white tower designing products. We got to make sure that we're taking their feedback into that process. So we engage those teams on a regular basis. We've used the process over the course of two years to build, launch um, services and solutions that have really, really strong results in the market. They've developed, we've developed solutions that we're seeing great adoption rates in our employee base, great feedback from our business partners that yes, this is actually meeting our, our expectations and the, the, the capabilities are delivering the positive results that we, we want to do. Um, I would say as we continue to evolve and continue to exercise the process, there'll be things we'll continue to work on, but a year or two in, I'm very happy with where, where we are as an organization. Brad, that's, that's really exciting to hear, you know, the sort of progress of the journey, the results that you've, that you've achieved. As you reflect, are there any lessons learned along the way that you'd share with other leaders and, and firms considering taking this approach? If I take a step back and I think about the last couple of years um, and the evolution of the team, there, there are some things that I certainly would, would definitely do again. Um, and there's some things that I might change our approach. I mean, in the good pile or do it again pile, the fact that early on the focus was less about building process, building organizations, and going and hiring a bunch of people, it was about educating the organization what product management means, what the function does, what's the roles and responsibility, and how do we help the folks in the business get back to the day-to-day -day job of managing the business. So we spent um, what I thought was a lot of time in socialization, but I think that investment paid off uh, tenfold. Having the, the cross-functional buy-in, having the engagement of, of all our business partners in that process and in that understanding, the collective understanding of what the role does made a, a, a lot of sense now and has paid off significantly. Um, the focus we, we took to understand how we're going to employ a product development process, what's the, what are the steps, what are the key deliverables, how does that work in the day-to-day -day operations of our technology partner organization, how does it work with our partners in the, the services, legal risk, privacy, et cetera, how do we work together that was really important before we started going and building things, making sure we all understand who's responsible for what. So doing doing the, the basic races, if you will, making sure that we all understand who's got the, the right responsibilities. And then kind of a story that I, I'll tell everybody when I, when I joined Enterprise, my first thought was, is what is a product at Enterprise? Coming from a product-led organization like I was before, I wasn't really sure what, what a product was. So we took the time to say, we have this big long list of stuff. How do we how do we formulate what a product is? How do we tell a product manager you manage this thing? So we spent a lot of time trying to categorize the technologies and capabilities into ownable products, and that gave the organization an understanding of, of what we're managing and who's got the responsibility, so they know that center point of contact to be able to go and and have those conversations about how do you evolve the products. Um, 
one key thing I would not do again with, without a doubt is being aggressive and assertive as I am, we started going and really rapidly hiring people once we had the process and had socialized and we brought a bunch of people on all at one time. And it took us a while to get those people integrated in the organization as, as they learn the culture. I would personally would have slowed down the, the onboarding process to for us to be able to show some success in how we operate um, and how we work that way everyone feels felt more comfortable with who who we're hiring and how we're hiring and then how we're working on a daily basis. Well, thank you for sharing your story today and thanks for joining us. Thanks, it was a pleasure. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.